Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Mr. Parker Primrose. Hey, Emma. Thanks for having me on. So glad to have you back. You did such a good job the first time when I when I saw your Devo roll around. I was like, man, we got to get Parker back in here. And last time you shared your story. We'll link that in the description. So today I thought it would be fun if you just shared a little bit about what you do for work and why you love it. Yeah, so I get to work on the city engagement team here at Watermark, which is within our larger external focus team. I love it. And and so for those who are unfamiliar with Watermark or maybe less familiar, essentially you work in in the missions department. Yeah, pretty much. Um, We get to engage with everything going on outside of the walls of our church. Love it. And for me, God has given me a big heart for community building, both people being fully known and fully loved, and also community development, getting to help raise up those around us. And so for a long time, I saw that solely through the prism of nonprofit work. It's easy Mm. to bring people together and to do good. Sure. But God did a work in my heart and helped me see the local church is God's plan A. Um, Who better who else than the body of Christ to get to show up for their neighbor? And we get to model the gospel in word and deed in the way that we care for those around us. And so um, God invited me into the work that we're doing here in which we do get to go out and reach our city. Um, it's really incredible. We don't get just, just get to talk about a God who is a healer. We get to be a part of healing through mm. things like Watermark Health. We don't get to just talk about a God who's a provider. We get to be a part of provision through partners like Our Calling. And so all of this ultimately points to the King of Kings, who loves and cares for people, and we get to be a part of that expression to our city. It's so it's so cool, Parker. Let me ask you this. If you're out in the city and somebody says, hey, tell me about, who is this Jesus guy? Like, what what is, what is the good news? Why is he worth following? What would you say? Yeah. Well, Emma, that's my favorite question to get asked, because that's why we do what we do. It's because um, we are sinners in need of a Savior. Um, I like to think I have a sticky note at my desk that says, I'm a hostage who's been rescued, and in my job, I get to save other hostages. Mm. And so I would say, man, I was broken in my sin, doomed to the death that I deserve. But God, in His grace and mercy and love, didn't want to leave me in that place of desolation, but sent his one and only son to pay the consequence that I deserved so that I could have a restored relationship with him and experience life and life to the fullest. Mm. That's why we do what we do. And um, it's a privilege to get to go share that message with others and to invite them in to the ultimate kingdom work, which is in our hearts. I love it, Parker. It's, it's fun to be reading the Old Testament now, uh, this year, and to throughout, I mean, the whole year, we're getting close to the end, but see how all of the scriptures point to Jesus. And I'm excited. Uh, just given your your evident passion for, for Christ, for making him known, to hear you share what you've been learning in God's word. So today we are in 1 Kings 14 through 1531, very specific set of verses. And I'd, I'd love for you to just take it away. Yeah. What's God teaching you? I think um, this is a really rich set of scripture and learning about God's character and learning about an appropriate understanding of authority and leadership. And Mm -hmm. so, especially in these two chapters, I learn a lot about what it means to be a leader. And I think a lot of being a good leader stems from understanding where authority lies. Um, We see in the story of Jeroboam and Rehoboam, um, Nadab and Basha and Abijam, we you got those pronunciations down. We see, hopefully, we'll see. You can check me on that. But 
Um, we see a really clear picture of what happens when we don't see God as the ultimate authority. In each of those kings, we see a man who puts himself at the center of the story. And because of that, he and those under him experience suffering. Mm. Because instead of walking under the authority of the one who gives life, they're walking in the path of destruction. And so um, successful leadership starts with an appropriate understanding of who's in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think scripture is really clear that we serve a God who's worthy of submission and who loves and cares for us. And that uh, man's heart leads to a path of destruction. And yeah. so we see a comparison. So I mentioned those five kings who really dropped the ball there. Uh, comparatively, we see Asa, who um, is set apart in the way that he chooses to honor the Lord. And because of that, we see flourishing. And so he's not perfect. His imperfections point to our need for a greater king, which we see in Jesus. But it's a really powerful comparison between the kings and a healthy understanding of authority. We see it in Asa, whereas in these other kings, we see them put themselves at the center of their story and everyone suffered the consequences. It reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you've seen the trend in, in social media, it may be fading out now, especially when this episode airs, but it's the phrase main character energy. When when someone carries themselves with this posture that says, I'm at the center of the story. And sometimes it's funny. You know, it's a little kid in a classroom being silly and all eyes are on them. And it's cute. But if main character energy is the way we live our lives or what we strive for, uh, we're going to get ourselves into trouble. Yeah, I think I can really struggle with that. In Dallas culture, there's this idea of development and seeking success mm-hmm. and self-improvement. And there can be good things in that. But ultimately, if I'm focused on me being great and me being successful, I'm putting myself in a really unhealthy spot because success ultimately is faithfulness. And so if I want to be great, I should be faithful, not focused on myself. And here we see a lot of men who are trying to be great in their own eyes and there's consequences for that. And that speaks to God's character in his kindness when he's not the center of the story He lets us experience the consequences of our actions because it lets us see that we need him and it draws us back to him. Mm -hmm. And so I think in God's character, we see his justice. There's punishment. There's punishment for not being obedient. We see that in the story of Jeroboam and we see that in the kings that follow. We also see mercy in the sense that he didn't just destroy all of them, um, but he let them experience consequence in a hope that they would come back to him. And then we also see his covenant keeping love. Um, We see that uh, he says clearly to Jeroboam, he's going to keep the house of David. He's going to fulfill his covenant in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of sin. God's going to keep his end of the deal because he loves us Mm -hmm. because he's faithful. Yeah, I think that's a a good uh, point that you bring up, God's promises to David. So when we think about first and second Kings, there's this uh, pattern where we see the passages go back and forth and back and forth between what's happening in the northern kingdom, Israel, the southern kingdom, Judah. And even though someone from David's line will always have the right to rule in Judah, it it can almost feel as though God is is not completely coming through on the promise he made to David or or there's something sketchy or or sneaky or I don't know. Uh, under the table that God's doing to to fulfill his end of the deal because this isn't how we would picture the kingdom flourishing. What what would you say to that? Yeah, I think back to Israel asking for a king. Um, they wanted a human king, but they already had one in God. And so I think through the midst of failed kings, it just points to the need for the better king that is Jesus. And so through this story, through the ebbs and flows, and ultimately the confusion it can cause in seeing all this brokenness, um, 
it makes me grateful that when we read 1 Kings, we also get to read the gospel and we know how this story ends. We know that ultimately God does put a king on the throne who reigns justly and perfectly and who under which we can experience life. And so I think looking at 1 Kings, it's really important to keep the gospel in mind because we know who the final king is mm-hmm. and that's where rest and refuge is. Totally. Parker, let me ask you two more questions as we close. All right, question number one. When you personally sit down to study a passage from 1 Kings, what does that look like for you tangibly? Because you've drawn some some great principles from this text, like men who put themselves at the center of the story are going to find trouble. Uh, success ultimately is faithfulness. A lot of being a good leader stems from understanding where ultimate authority lies. I mean, great principles that I, I think are true to the text. How did you get there? What did your study look like? Yeah, and I, this is something where the Lord has really helped me grow. I, I think I used to just open a chapter of the Bible and read it and just try and understand that segment that I read. But we have to remember it's part of a broader story. And so what's the context coming into this chapter? What happens afterwards? Reading the Old Testament with the New Testament in mind. Yeah. When we do that, we have such a better understanding of what's happening. And with that too, reading with the New Testament in mind, realizing that the covenant has been fulfilled in Jesus is critical to an appropriate understanding of this. So reading with the broader story and knowing that that broader story includes that Jesus has come and will come again is really, really important. I love it. Question two, uh, walking away from this text, people are listening on their way to work. They're sitting in the parking lot right now waiting for this episode to wrap up so they can walk in. Uh, What challenge would you leave them with? How can we live differently because of what we've read on a very practical level? Yeah. So I think the kings in this story demonstrate it really clearly. The ones who didn't put God at the center had false idols that they kept up around them. And we see the one king who was faithful take down those idols. Mm. And so the question for me daily is what idols am I placing before the Lord that I'm treating as the ultimate authority? And conversely, what can I let go of to make sure that I'm resting alone in the Lord? So good, Parker. It's a great challenge. What What do I need to let go of or what am I placing before the Lord? I love it. Thank you for being here. Thank you for studying diligently. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.